0: Good morning! Welcome! Happy New Year! We are in 2020, I can't believe it. Well, did you grab your bulletin? Very excited, a lot of things to share. Today is Celebration Sunday and there's always so much to celebrate. Every Sunday is a celebration, honestly. Regardless of what's happened in the week, it's our time to connect, it's our time to just worship the Lord, so I really do feel we're so blessed to be able to have these moments together to celebrate. Uh, I hope you did grab one, because there's a lot, and I'm not gonna point out everything in it. I do wanna point out, though, that marriage retreat is around the corner, February 21 through 23 at the coast. Really, really highly recommend you get on board with this. There's a discounted rate for the next two weeks, so If you'd like to join in on that, make sure you see us after the service. We'll get you all signed up for that, give you the details. It is a wonderful weekend away, honestly. It's a time to just be together, to grow, to be encouraged, and you get a lot of quality time with your spouse. So it's not just sitting in a room staring at somebody speak, which is fun, depending on who speaks, but that didn't come out very nicely, did it? Anyway, it is gonna be fun. I, I am almost certain that I can guarantee that. So, I also want to say that women's Bible studies are starting January 30. We will kick off with three new studies, so you'll be able to check on the web this week and get all the details for that, and you can register online, or next week I'll be out at a table. Uh, you know, these are those things that we just love to promote, because it brings community, and it gives us a sense of togetherness, and so, yeah, we always think more to add to the calendar, but it's not about that. It really is just giving us community outside of a Sunday morning, so I would encourage you to get involved in these things. Uh, As you'll notice on the front page, hymn sing is coming. If you just love hymns and you're touched by them, join us for hymn sing. And it's next Sunday in the evening, so we look forward to seeing you there. And do not forget, do not forget, the most exciting event of January. I say that with all excitement, the annual, meeting thank you Elizabeth yes it is coming the end last Sunday of January at 6 o'clock it really is a wonderful time We, we talk about the blessings of 2019 God has richly blessed this church and we want to give him the praise for that but we also want to look ahead to 2020 because there's a lot cooking and we are going to trust him every step of the way so I do want to have you mark that on your calendar as a must and if you are new this morning, I want to take this opportunity to welcome you. If you don't mind raising your hand, we have a packet of info for you. And in the back is a communication card, if you don't mind just filling that out and placing it in the offering plate. You know, it is the time to celebrate. And it's also a really hard week. We are grieving. We are hurting. Um, we lost a dear friend, Dave Niece, this week. And... Dave has been a staple at Grace, Linda and the kids have been a part of this community for years and years, so when we have to say goodbye, it's just not right, it doesn't feel right, does it? It's just not the way we were made to be, but we have such a hope. And I said goodbye to my granny this week, and you know, when you hit these moments in your life, you know they're gonna come. Um, It's never easy, but the hope that we have in the Lord is what drives us and pushes us forward Um, to encourage others at a time of loss and grief that, yeah, we can do this, right? This is why we gather. This is why we have community. This is why we celebrate God, because God is good all the time, isn't he? So let's celebrate the Lord, because he's so good. Let's worship him now.
1: These families are here this morning to to dedicate their children to the Lord. But even more than that, they are here to dedicate themselves and their homes to the Lord. When children are are brought to the Lord uh, in a dedication service like this, it's a public thing that involves all of us, which is why we should never be passive when these things happen. They're important. Bringing children before the Lord was endorsed by the Lord himself. Mark chapter 10, verses 13 to 16 says, people were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them, but the disciples rebuked them When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the child in his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. Let me uh, introduce these folks to you before we go any further. Kirk and Allison, Allie Kindy, with Paige Laurie. Can you hold her up? Oh yeah. <laughs> Travis and Julie Cardoza with Lila Brienne. You're not gonna hold her up? Not <laughs> Not really, okay. And then Frank and Colleen Pacheco with Alyssa Law. You want to hold her up for us, Frank? (laughs) Uh, I'm going to actually ask you guys to kind of come to the center and face me if you don't mind. Say a few things to you. You need to realize as we do this in a few moments that Your children already belong to the Lord. He's entrusted your children to your care with the responsibility of raising them in the ways of our Creator, our Lord. You will be making a promise here in a moment to God to raise your children in His ways, which is the best for your children. In this, you follow the example of many who have come before you. Um, We've seen many children dedicated here in our church services. Of course, in the Old Testament, we always like to mention Hannah and Elkanah and Samuel. And of course, Jesus was dedicated by Mary and Joseph. Today, as you dedicate your child to God, you you dedicate yourselves publicly before the family of God, but more than that, before the Lord that you will maintain a home where Jesus Christ is honored and where God's word is revered. I can tell you as a parent, you will never do that perfectly. You will make mistakes, but keep your eyes on the Lord. We also recognize that we as a family of God have a responsibility in assisting these folks as best as we can when the opportunities come to help their children to grow in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. And this is why, by the way, that we say that this is not a child dedication. We call it a parent-child dedication. We are all in this together. Of course, having Alyssa here, a unique situation, but you are, you are making a, uh, the same declarations as she has come into your life. So, with that said, recognizing the responsibility of parenthood and of your dependence upon God for strength and wisdom to fulfill your duties as parents, do you now publicly present your child in dedication to God, and do you promise to strive to teach, to set an example in partnership with God's church, to train them in love towards God, and in the knowledge of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord? If so, say we do. Having dedicated your children to God, do you also promise to set yourselves apart to Christ and to always live in such a way that will inspire Christ's likeness in your home and in the rearing of your children? If so, say we do. We, the family of God, recognize our responsibility to provide a loving biblical community that supports and prays for your family. Grace Community Church is dedicated to helping you train and raise your child, children, to love and serve Jesus our Lord. We will do that to the best of our ability as we have the opportunity. So with that said, I'm gonna ask you to turn and face the family of God. And I'm going to ask the family of God to please rise. And I say to you, Grace Community Church, the family of God, recognizing the responsibility as a member of the family of God and of your personal dependence upon God for strength and wisdom, do you now promise to strive to teach, to set an example as a member of the Lord's church? And as much as you are able to assist these parents to train their children in love towards God and in the knowledge of His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. If so, say, we do. Let's pray together. Father, we commend these parents and these children to you with great joy and thanksgiving. We ask, Lord, that you would give them strength, wisdom, and guidance to raise up, to train, to nurture, and to inspire their children in your will and your ways, even when it's hard, Lord. We ask, Lord, that you would give them wisdom and protect them from the wiles of the evil ones that would strive to draw their children away from you to the ways of the world. For these children, Lord, we pray that when the time comes that you have, that they have the cognitive ability to understand who you are, that they would, that you would call them to yourself and that they would confess you as lord and live for you lord we dedicate this family to you and your care now and we pray that you will use them to extend your kingdom in this world that is in such desperate need of a savior in jesus christ's name we pray amen you may be seated
2: Good morning. My name is Larry Pruitt. In case you don't know me, uh, I am here to give you an exciting update on what God's been doing with our new development at the campus on the south campus down there. I want to start this by giving you just a little four month recap of what the Lord has been doing here. I call it our faith recap. So if you remember back in September, we were talking about getting that 10 acres we wanted to sell into escrow and after like 18 grueling months we finally did that and, and then it got better, the second thing uh, is that it actually closed escrow and we have the funding now that we need to start our construction project. Um, it actually got even better as we had a First Fruits offering we were starting to think about for our new soundboard that's also going to be our first piece of equipment at the new facility, and uh, we needed $38,000 to do that. We had a private individual, a non goer, uh, decided he loved us and wanted to give us $15,000 to go to that. I don't know why, but he did, you know? <laughs> Lord, but thank you, Lord. So here's the interesting thing then. The fourth part of this uh, that happened in the last four months is that our giving was one of the largest first fruits offerings ever in our church, and what we needed really to bring it to that thirty-eight thousand dollars is twenty-three thousand. And you all are pretty aware, I think, that we came in at twenty-two thousand and a few dollars, four hundred and some dollars or so. And, and if you were in the first service that Sunday, I, I announced that, that I told you that, you know, if somebody wanted to make up for the difference and make, make it even 38000 then, you know, here's what we have. Well, you need to know that within me, the time I walked out of here, uh, within about three minutes, we had $39,000. And so God is really good, you know? It's exciting. Yeah, that, that is an exciting thing to talk about. But that's old news. You ready for the new news? So it gets even better. You know, as a church, we're really excited. We've got this great new administration building over here on the south campus right now. It's beautiful there. But, you know, I kind of look at that as, that's base camp. That's not home. I want to go home. And it's about time we left this temporary structure and we move on down there. So here's the good news. Last Monday, December 30th, we went to City Hall. We gave them 99 pages of plans. We gave them our building permit application, and we gave them the money to pay for it. Folks, we've been waiting for 20 years to do that. This is a good day. And as soon as that thing is approved, we start construction. So need to pray about that. So this is a yay God moment. So you can join me on that one. So really, you know, my prayer uh, for this project, that it will cause our church to grow in faith like it has never grown before, something we experience together, uh, to grow in a way that every one of us, young and old, sees God's hand in every step of the construction process along the way. You know, faith doesn't happen if I can do it on my own, if I can do it in my own strength, if I have all the answers. Faith does not happen. But as leadership, when this project is needing divine intervention we're going to be coming to you for that very purpose like we are today and uh, we want this entire congregation to be involved in seeking god's face and watching his response that is how we will grow in faith as we've already seen with what god's been doing here this uh, last few months so as a congregation we need to pray for the following i've got three things okay if you want to keep a little tickler here there's three things first off I don't care about that plan review being approved. I care about the permit. <laughs> we want the permit, all right? They can skip plan review if they want. This will be fine. Give us a permit so we can get started doing construction. So we need to pray for that, that it gets expedited, and then very soon. Uh, and then here's the idea is we would love to be there by the end of the year. I call that like our Christmas gift, you know, our Christmas wish or whatever. So pray about that too, that we would be able to do that. Second thing, is we need to sell this North Campus for the major funding of that project. Now I know that just kinda like really bothers some of you. I mean, you're what if we sell this before we're ready to move there? What, What do we do? You get all, look, for those of you who are really gonna get stressed, there are gonna be free hugs. We're gonna hold you. We're gonna help carry you through that. God loves you, and you know, please understand this seriously now. We all love this church. We all love this church, and we love this ministry, and we are going to trust God with that and protect it with all that we have within us. We really trust in Jeremiah 29 11 for this. It says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. And plans to give you a hope in a future. So cling to that if you're concerned about the what happens in between kind of thing. If, you, if you're familiar with Saddleback Church in Southern California, before they ever moved into their current facility on their new campus, they moved over 50 times before they ever got to their final resting place where they are right now. And so all they saw in all of that was they saw growth happen as they were moving with the Lord as he took care of them. So he will do that with us in a much shorter period of time by his grace. I'm convinced of that. So the third thing that we need is we need to raise approximately $1 million. I know that's kind of a scary number. We need that to bridge the gap. So here's the thing is we need to band together and see God's face and how He would help us achieve that big number. We want God's leading to generate these funds. We don't want silly gimmicks. We don't want high-pressure sales methods that don't honor and glorify Christ. We want Him to do it through us, just like we saw happen with our, our first fruits offering, right? There was no stress about that. God helped us reach the goal He knew we needed to, 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 to do, and He provided the rest. So, We just believe that he will do the same thing. So he's going to inspire us in our giving, and we believe he'll show us in his power a way to provide in ways we have never imagined he would. That's the exciting part. That's, again, will grow our faith. So would you stand with me as we pray this morning? I just want to point out, too, everything we do here, it's about relationships. It's about people. It's about reaching out, raising up. It's about reverencing Christ together. And that is where we wanna start with our prayer this morning. Would you join me here? Lord Jesus, we come before you today because it's all about you. It's your name, it's not our name. It's your face that we seek because that's the only place we're gonna ever be satisfied is in that. We cannot even stand here today without thinking about our brother David Neese and what he meant to us and his family. Father, we, David was involved in every ministry from the littlest children's ministry to the most difficult f- uh, mission that we ever had sent out in the field with all the, the challenges that ever had. David was involved in all of that. And we will miss him dearly. We pray for the whole niece family and the loss of him, that you would be their comfort. Holy Spirit, we know that's who you are. We know that's your name. That's other. Your name is comfort. And we know it's your will and your great love for them. So we trust that you will be a comfort that they have never, ever experienced before. So do that for them. we also pray for <clears throat> the Dehans and Christine's granny that she has just lost, who was such an influence in her life and the life of her family for the gospel's sake, and so that they would know who Christ was. So we pray for their family and the loss of her. We thank you for her. Uh, And Dave, both being in your presence now that we can rest with the joy of that. Also in this group, there are people here that are struggling today, needing hope, even needing forgiveness, needing, needing a purpose in life. And some of these are even believers. And Lord, you're the one. We won't find that without you. So please meet their need, we pray. Use us to be able to minister to them as you would so they don't go home empty, but that they go home encouraged in the gospel. Make us also beacons of the gospel of Christ and, and, and of the passion that Jesus had for the lost souls here, Lord. Cause us to be the same. Cause us to lead people to faith in Christ as we move along. For our new campus, Lord, we've mentioned the three things we need. We need that permit so we can start construction. We, need the, we think we need the sale of this North Campus, unless you have another way you want to fund it. Our eyes are on you, not on our ability. So we trust you with that. Also, the, the additional funding that we, uh, we believe we need, we ask that you would work in us, inspire us, help us to do that. And Lord, we do pray today as we take this offering here, that you would bless this offering just like you blessed those loaves and fishes of the young boy. You took a little and made much from it. So take this and overall glorify and magnify the, your own name, and we will give you the glory as we see you grow us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. And having been in the first service, you might want to remain standing for this song because I don't think you're going to end up being able to sit down and sing it.
3: Well, good morning. Good um... My name is Brittany Kelmink, and I am the children's director here at Grace, and I just want to say how excited I am. It's Celebration Sunday, and it gives us the opportunity to hear from members of our congregation and families um, just to share what's going on in their lives, and um, I'm going to let them introduce themselves this morning, so um, tell me who you guys are and a little bit about your families.
4: Now we're on. We're Paul and Lynn Olson. Um, We've been married for over 40 years. 41, yeah. (laughs) Um, We've had three kids grow up here at Grace and be dedicated at Grace Community Church. So it's pretty awesome to see my youngest great niece be dedicated this morning also. Um, Such a special service. Our oldest, Todd, is married to Carla with two little girls, Sophie and Emma. Corinne and Curtis are here with... uh, Lynn Holmes. they're here um, with three kids, Abby, Kelly, and Sven, and our youngest daughter, Kari, is in Beaverton, Oregon, with Craig Reppligle, her husband, and three kids, Maya, Evan, and Sawyer.
5: Good morning. My name is Frank Pacheco. This is my wife, Colleen. We've been married for 20 years, which I went by really fast. Uh, we have seven kids. Blake, who is my oldest, he's 19 and attends Biola University. Malaine, who is 17, attends Patrick Henry College. Alyssa, who is 15, who would say she's going to be 16 here in a couple months, or actually next month, and goes to Torrey Western High School. Then Natalie, who is 14, and we homeschool her. We have Eric, who is 8, who also gets homeschooled. And then we have Louie, who is six, and Mark, who is three, who is a tornado at our house. And definitely a ball of joy. Uh, I dairy and farm. That's what I do for a living. And my sweet wife stays home and uh, homeschools our kids and takes care of me.
3: Thank you. Um, What brought you guys to Grace Community Church? And I know Paul and Lynn, you guys are charter members, and we would love to hear about that.
6: How long do I have?
3: Not too much. (laughs) He said that to me last service. (laughs)
6: Um, What brought us to Grace Community Church? The hand of God put me here in Visalia uh, after graduating college. Brought Lynn here when we were married uh, in 1978. And God's hand put us here at uh, First Baptist Church in Visalia. And uh, we were newlywed and new jobs and a new community and a new church. And we were just settling in and feeling a little comfortable when we heard Pastor John Epp speak of his vision of a, of a church in Northeast Visalia. God said, put his hand on John Epp and said, we need a church up there. There's a new school going in, a couple of schools and some neighborhoods and a daughter church near that community. And so I felt led and prayed about joining that really exciting opportunity and work but we were newly married and new jobs and neutered the church and neutered the community, developing friendships. And so it was.
4: It was hard. <laughs> that, was, that was me. Um, I just felt like that was a big step for us to undertake. I mean, we were really young and everything. And um, I just remember kind of arguing with God, like, why, you know, us, really us. And I remember also. Lord very clearly saying yes you you need to trust me and in trusting God I trusted Paul's heart that the Lord has spoken to him and that that's where we were to go as newlyweds so we were in a young marrieds class at um, First Baptist and I would say the majority of that young marrieds class decided to also join in with the uh, new daughter church So what they had us do was meet in the fellowship hall if you were interested. And we met during the church service there at First Baptist. And our goal was to reach 100 members who were interested in starting this new daughter church. And when we met that goal of 100, we moved off campus and started our own fellowship. And we moved into the Seventh-day Adventist church. Kept growing and growing from there.
6: So that was April of 1980. Grace Community Church became a functioning body. So we're coming up on 40 years in a couple of months. Colleen Um
7: I was raised in a Christian home, but I had lots of doubts and questions, and I had been living a really worldly, hypocritical life. After Frank and I got married, we continued to attend a church in another town and we got plugged in with a group full of young, immature believers. We had Bible study together one night, partied together on the weekends, and went to church together on Sunday. I struggled tremendously, and I wondered if God was really real, if he cared about me at all, if the Bible was really true, or if someone had just made it up to kind of control people. I specifically remember one night during Bible study, a, a guy in the room asked the question, if, if Jesus Christ died for all our sins, past, present, and future, can't we just live our lives however we want and ask for forgiveness and we're good? And no one in the room had an answer for it. There was one girl who had grown up in church and she said, that sounds wrong to me, but I'm not sure why. Long story short, I got to the point of telling Frank I couldn't live like that anymore. I needed to walk away from church and God and that whole idea and just live a good life together or I needed to find answers to my questions. I needed to be all in for Christ or all out. Frank fortunately had a stronger faith and we began a long search for a church with a pastor who taught through whole books of the Bible and a community of believers that were striving to live their lives for God eventually we tried grace and we got plugged into the gc's r group they and the Holtz and eventually the ellisons diligently encouraged us and they lived a faithful consistent life in front of us john's preaching helped us to better understand god's word and i also found a lot of the answers to all my questions about the validity of the bible in a book called new evidence that demands a verdict by josh mcdowell we've attended grace now for almost 17 years
3: That's awesome. Um, Just kind of going, I know you guys are all super involved, and I was wondering, or we were wondering, what ministries are you involved in at Grace?
4: Well, currently I am serving in the MOPs um, program that meets here basically twice a a month on Tuesdays as a mentor mom. Um, I go to Awana as a TNT leader, Sunday school, with my little three-year-olds who I dearly love, including little Marky and Bible Club down the street at the Golden Oak, and then our our group.
6: How long do I have? (laughs) A little time. (laughs) I'm currently serving in the music ministry, a couple of praise teams each month. Um, Men's Mission to Mexico coming up in a few weeks, doing some construction work. Uh, Awana, Sparks, um, and wherever else Stephen calls me at 6 a.m. says, we need you.
5: Um, I lead in our group with my wife and I also help out on Sunday school uh, on the 6th graders.
7: I teach 6th grade Sunday school 9 a.m. and help out with the 6th grade girls in the Iwana group on Wednesday nights.
3: And with, you, with that, you guys, um, how do you see God working in your lives, too?
6: Well, I see God working here by raising up a new leadership. Uh, young people that... Uh, blesses my heart to see uh, young people and I think of um, someone serving down in um, Central America who grew up in this in this church and she's a full-time missionary today um, we have the next generation taking their place in leadership and holding on to their faith and raising their their children to love Jesus I have a special blessing to sing and praise God on praise teams with Students that I actually had in junior high and high school, and when I think about uh, the legacy that Dave left us, um, it's big shoes to fill.
4: I see the Lord um, moving in many ways, but one of the ways that's blessed me lately is the Bible club that I referred to, the Golden Oak School down the street. When I retired, I started volunteering with them and. On Tuesdays, we would average about 25 kids. And when we finished this last semester, we had 100 kids registered from kindergarten through third grade to come to Bible Club. And so that's where I see the Lord moving.
6: And we need more volunteers on Tuesday afternoons. Um,
7: This question was hard for me to narrow down. I have lots of answers. I feel like I could talk for an hour about it. Um, but the most recent time I saw Christ working was just this last week I was having conflict with one of our kids had corrected it hadn't gone over very well there was tension in the relationship and I retreated to the only place moms can get a moment to themselves the bathroom and I prayed to God and I just asked him for forgiveness for if I was trying to control the kid Um, I asked him to show me ways that I was sinning or harming our relationship, asked him to work in their life to help them. Like when they come to him for him to be real to them and asked above all that he would restore our relationship. And as I opened the bathroom door, I heard that child calling, where's mom, where's mom. And most of you know, when you're like conflict with your kid, they're like avoiding, not seeking. And uh, that child found me and started asking questions. Are you okay? I'm okay. I don't know that we're okay. Like, what's going on with you? you? Can you help me understand? And that kid opened up for like half an hour. We had a great conversation that ended in prayer. I feel like I just see God working in my life, in my home. When I cry out to him, he's there. He answers. He works in my kids' lives. I think he's working lots of places.
5: I agree. Uh, with that, I'd like to give you a verse. Romans 8:6 says, For the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. And for me, that same day, uh, that morning was just an awful morning. Everything that could go wrong at work was going wrong. And uh, my attitude wasn't in line with Christ. My attitude was on my flesh. And uh, around 11.30 or so, Colleen called me, and I was spilling everything out to her about how awful that morning was, and she went ahead, and she's like, "I, I need to pray for you. I'd like to pray for you over the phone, which was humbling. And she did that, and immediately after that, it was, um, it's that peace that far surpasses all of our understanding, um, and it's the only peace that the Holy Spirit can give you. Um yeah, I can, I agree. We can talk about the Lord all day, how he works in our, in our lives.
3: Well, thank you guys for taking the time to share with us, and we appreciate you, so thank you.
8: Good morning. My name is Dries Van Dyke, and this is my wife, Kelsey. Uh, We've been married for a little over 10 years. We have a three-year-old son, Lincoln, and we've attended Grace since we were both little. Uh, My family began attending Grace when I was in fourth grade, and Kelsey's family began uh, attending in 1989. We both grew up in youth ministries here. We met each other, started dating in high school. Uh, We got engaged in college, and we were married in 2009.
9: Dries and I have been involved in many different uh, ministries here at Grace. We've both served in Awana's and Kebby's, and I currently uh, serve in Sparks. We have been in an R group since 2010, first in Kevin and Karen Saltzman's group, and now in Zach and Nikki Cardoza's group. Um, Our R group has been like family to us, especially this last year when we had to say goodbye to our two-year-old nephew, John. They supported us by bringing us meals for two straight weeks and constantly praying for our family, and we've never felt more loved. I'm also involved in MOPS, which is Mothers of Preschoolers, and Dries and I also serve in the children's department on Sunday mornings, teaching the two and three-year-old Sunday school class.
8: In 2012, Kelsey and I moved to Nevada uh, for me to attend school. Uh, We were involved in a great church there. Kelsey worked at the church. Um, We loved our time there, but uh, Thankfully, uh, God led us back to Visalia. I got to continue my career here. um, And we knew as soon as we moved back that Grace Community Church would be our home. It was never a second thought where we were going to go. And we are thankful um, for God bringing us back to Visalia and to Grace Community Church. Um, It has been our home. It's been where we grew up. Uh, We both dedicated our lives to Christ here. Uh, We met each other. It's where we've been able to introduce our son Lincoln to the love of Jesus Christ. Um, For us to be able to be in uh, this church, it's our family, and uh, we knew it was God's plan to grow our own family here.
9: And since becoming parents, we understand now how important it is to be connected to a community of believers. We value the volunteers who come each and every week to minister to our son. Curtis and Corinne Lindholm and Lynn Olson are here every Sunday in Sunday School teaching Lincoln in the twos and threes class, as well as teacher Tiffany in Lincoln's cubby group on Wednesdays. If there's one thing we want you to take away from our testimony today, it's to think and pray about volunteering in the children's ministry. I still remember my Sunday school teachers and the valuable lessons that they taught me about Jesus. It really does stay with you forever.
8: And for me growing up in Awana, um, it was because of my, doing my Iwana verses that I gave my life to Christ. I remember going through Romans and then Ephesians and uh, feeling God's pull on my heart at that time and, and because of that I gave my life to Christ at a young age. Um, I'd like to leave you guys with a verse this morning, uh, Proverbs 22, six, train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Thank you. Thank
0: you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Testimonies are wonderful, aren't they? We need them. Uh, sometimes i th- I think we wish we could we could um, you know hear them every week, and we obviously can't hear them every week, but the wonderful thing about testimonies is they help us to remember they help us to pay attention to how the lord 's working it it's hard isn't it to you know we we do all these normal things we we go to work, we go to sleep, we eat, we, co- we come to church, we go home, and then we, we have a tendency, you know, in these special moments, to, to miss all that the Lord has been doing along the way. For those of us that are a bit older, I mean, if we take the time to think about it, there's so many things we can, we can look back on and see how the Lord is working. And as we come to communion today, it's exactly what communion is about. Uh, in in communion, it pushes us to remember, to remember what the Lord did for us—that He died on the cross. That was what it was all about for us to remember. And it's easy to forget that, isn't it? It's easy to forget. You know, when you're having a hard day—I mean, let's be honest. I mean, when you're having a hard day, sometimes it's it's easy to forget that the Lord's there, but He is. That's why it's so important to to. Um, you know, continually keep our mind and heart on him. The other thing that communion is about is it, it proclaims something. It proclaims the fact that the, that the Lord has come. He has died on the cross for our sins. We are forgiven. And at the point that he should choose to take us home, we will go home. We have a place to go. Where would we ever, I mean, really, folks, where would we ever be without the Lord? what do people do without the Lord? I mean, we have gone through a lot in our church. Drees and Kelsey made, made reference to their, to their uh, nephew, and some of you know that story. That was so hard. Stephen Dunn, out on a tractor one day and gone. Dave Niece. I mean, it's, it's strange, but yet, and we're never quite ready for it, But yet, with the Lord, we can can make it, can't we? So as we come to communion, please don't fall into the trap of just thinking, oh, it's just another communion, and let your mind wander. Don't fall into that trap. It's a time for us to remember the Lord's work in our life, and it's a time for us to to, uh, proclaim that we are believers. I want you to know that, here at Grace Community Church, if you're not a member of Grace Community Church, uh, you're still welcome to take communion with us. Being a member of the church is not what should keep you uh, or not is not what should keep you from taking communion. If you are a member of the body of Christ, you are welcome, and so we want you to know that. Let me read the scriptures to you before we uh, before we take communion together. This is out of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. For as often as you eat this bread or drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. I'm going to give us a moment to be quiet. You know, we are, even though we are saved, we are humans. It is hard to come to think, it's hard to come to the table and to think about the the bread and the cup and I think not be aware of the mistakes we've made in our life which are covered because of the the blood of Christ and the body of Christ. But I'm going to give us a moment to have some silence so that you can talk to the Lord. And then we will take the, the communion together. Let's pray. On the night he was betrayed, he took the bread, broke it and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Together we take, together we remember, together we proclaim, take and eat. Likewise, on that same night, he took the cup and he said, this is my blood, which is shed for you. you hear the silence? You know, we often play music during this time or maybe play a piano softly, but we didn't choose to do that today. And I am caught at how quiet it is, and it's almost deafening. And the reason I think that it's deafening is because we're so not used to it. We don't like quiet. Well, you know, sometimes we need to be quiet before the Lord Sometimes we need to just ponder who he is. There's nothing magical about this. It's symbolic. It just reminds us of what the Lord did, and it reminds us of the responsibility that we have to take his kingdom to the world, take and drink, Amen. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do so proclaim that the Lord will return, and he will return. This life is not the end of it all. Praise the Lord for our Lord. If you could pass your cups to the center aisle, the gentleman will collect those cups from you. I will remind you at the end of the service, and you're typically used to this being the end of the service, but we've changed things up a little bit today. We're gonna to do a little more worship together before we welcome some folks into our uh, congregation through the right hand of fellowship. Um, but at the end of the service, the gentleman will be at the door with uh, to collect the deacon's offering, which is an offering that is given by you as you feel led by the Lord. And that money is used for people within our church and outside of our church that need help. Let's stand and praise the Lord together. We're going to welcome a few folks into our church. We're going to give them the right hand of fellowship. You know who you are. If you'd come up at this time, let me say a few things while they come forward. You know, the the process of joining the church is a, is, a, is quite a process. You have to go through some classes. You're interviewed by one of the elders in our church, and then of course the last step is the right hand of fellowship. Um, Over the years, we get asked a lot of questions, um, often questions about the church and things like that, but the number one question uh, that I have heard asked is this. What does it mean to become a member of Grace Community Church? Or it might be, what is expected of me, or what are the responsibilities that kind of thing. And I don't know how others would answer the question, I'll tell you how I answer it. I say the first thing you need to know is this isn't a club. It's not a club where you pay a dues, you become a part of it, and you, you enjoy the services that the club has, and then you go home. It's, there's an aspect of that that has some truth to it, but, but really what we try to help people to understand is you are joining a family. Uh, we were never made to go it alone. You know, we hear about the evil one that we fight against. You know, our, our battle is not with flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. And I would say that one of the weapons that the evil one uses, um, I will just call it isolation. If he can get you isolated from other people, he can, he can, he can hurt you. We need one another. Please don't ever fall into the trap of thinking that what we have right here is just like you go to church on a Sunday and you go home and it's not important. We need one another. The Olsons who shared this morning, the Pachecos who shared this morning, the Van Dykes who shared this morning. I don't usually like to to, um, speak for other people, but I feel pretty confident in telling you that not a one of them would say, that they can do it on their own. They all need people. No matter how strong you are, no matter how secure you think you are in your own faith, we all need one another. And probably the day will come when you will know that in a very real way. And so what we do here by welcoming these folks in, it's they, we are welcoming them into our family. Um, at Christmas, we had a wonderful It was just a real special time as a family. We spent a lot of good quality time together. And I personally believe that when we come together as a family of God, it ought to be like that Christmas. We ought to enjoy one another and encourage one another and build one another up. It's important is what I'm trying to tell you. So I'm going to give these these four. The Right Hand of Fellowship, obviously John isn't here this morning, so I'm going to introduce them to you. I will ask you to uh, hold your applause. I will give them the Right Hand of Fellowship, then we will pray, and our benediction today will be that you will come up and welcome them, and please do that. I, I bet you remember when you received the Right Hand of Fellowship from this church. I do, and it's important. So let me uh, introduce them to you. Keegan Saltzman, welcome Keegan. Nolan Lazardo. Man, you guys are growing up. <laughs> it's just crazy. Welcome, Jenna Lopes, and Grace Arnold. Oh, welcome, you guys. I mean, you, you know, you, some of you have been here. It's like they used to be like this, and now they're adults. Welcome them. Stand and welcome them. It has been said, it's a sad week, but in the Lord, it's good. And we have to remember that. Let's pray together. Thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you for the testimonies we have been able to um, listen to, experience. Thank you, Lord, for your work in each of our lives. Thank you for Grace Community Church. I thank you for John Epp and the, the vision that you put on his life to create or to, to plant this church. And we who are here today stand on the shoulders of all those that have come before us and our desire is to proclaim you to the world, Lord. Uh, please use these these folks we just introduced. Um, please use them in our church. We pray, Lord, that you would maybe even give them the opportunity to have the wonderful experience of sharing the gospel and watching someone as they walk into the kingdom we all ask for that, and so we thank you again, Lord, for this day, and it's in the precious name of Jesus Christ that we, all God's people, say, God bless you. Come Come and welcome these folks.